Amen. <laughs> um, just the 4th of July, the church is going to be closed. So if you call, there's not going to be an answer. If you come to the Bible study, there will be nobody there. You'll be doing it by yourself. So just wanted to clarify that this Wednesday, we will not be here. No intercessory prayer. I mean, there will probably be some intercessory prayer going on, hopefully, but just not the 4th of July here. <laughs> All right. Um, home groups tonight, uh, the Shandell home is still going, so if you're not doing anything tonight and you want to be blessed and you want to drive to Valley Springs, who, who don't want to do that, right? <laughs> uh, thank you, Lord. Oh, the, the charity that we will be doing the pie auction for, the money raised for the pie auction will be going to uh, the Island Police Department, Jackson Police Department, Sutter Creek Police Department's uh, auxiliary. So we're going to be blessing the uh, law enforcement in our community. Um, it should be a great time. You ladies know how to keep your stuff cool. I mean, I, my wife goes and drives to Costco and buys stuff that's cold and brings things back in bags with ice and cold things, and you guys can figure this out. Do not, not bring desserts. That's really important. We need to, well, I don't know if we need them, but we want desserts. Or I want dessert. And I like cold dessert. Amen? I feel the Lord in that. <laughs> Uh, uh, Lord, help. <laughs> For real, Lord. I'm not kidding. Uh, Lord, you're so good. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for your, uh, just the believers that are in this house today. I thank you for our elders, for our, um, our prayer teams. God, I thank you for the, the men and the women who usher. Lord, we honor them. Lord, we just thank you for all the things that go on behind the scenes that people don't see. Lord, you see every bit of it. Lord, you're pleased. We thank you. Lord, I just, uh, I ask, Lord, that, that, Lord, when we were praying earlier, Lord, and just, that, just the, the impression you gave, Lord, is that there's freedom and liberty in this house today. Lord, that you have come to set the captive free. And Lord, I thank you, Lord. You, you, I heard you say, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And he who the Son sets free is free indeed. So, Lord, we thank you for your liberty. We thank you for your freedom. Lord, we just declare that today. I just speak freedom and liberty. Where there's been bondage, we break it in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you for your power. There's power. That blood that we, we communed with, there's power in that blood. We thank you, Lord, that you are the same. Nothing can stand against you. Nothing can stand against you. And you guys think of Lazarus, Lord, when you called out Lazarus. There was, there was no hope left. He was gone over three days. And the Jewish uh, community, that was give up. No more hope. The soul's gone. The spirit's left. Lord, it didn't matter to you. Come forth. We thank you, Lord, that when you call things out and when you call things, that's it. And Lord, we thank you for your powerful word. We believe in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You have your Bibles. We're going to be in chapter 9 of Joshua for the, probably the whole time. Um, such a great passage of Scripture. I was listening to it. Uh, it's been a couple months back uh, on my phone. How many love the Bible app? So, I mean, I, love, I really love the regular, you know, hold-in-your-hand Bible. 
I mean, I, I can't, I do, I can get things out of swiping, but I'd rather turn pages. But the audio part is amazing. I remember there was a, a period in my life a few, few months back when my back was pretty locked up and I'd have to get up early and, and take a hot, hot bath. I could barely stand it just to loosen up the back so you could move, you know, and not look like an old man. So as I was doing that, I was just listening to the word. So I just started in Genesis and as I was going through Joshua, um, I got to chapter 9. I just really saw something that got me excited, and I'm going to share that with you today. Um, a little bit of the, the history before chapter 9. Oh, I'm in Mark 9. That's funny. <laughs> a little bit of the history before ch- chapter 9 of uh, Joshua is you have Joshua take the, the children of Israel, and he, goes and, and he goes against Jericho, and they march around the city. We all know that. The walls come down. They consecrate everything. That all the plunder goes to the Lord, except for one man took, took some stuff, and the next time they go to war, they go to I. They, they go to take I, and, and they get their tails kicked. They come running back, and the Lord says, hey. And Joshua goes, Lord, what happened? Did you lead us out here to go get? No. He said, you guys didn't follow my di- direction. So they get that right. And then, then they, have this, they have a renew of covenant. Joshua and they have this big get together and they go through all the law and they and they go over everything that Moses said and they're just like, all right, we're ready to go again. Right? And they're having this spiritual high, I call it. How many's been on a spiritual high? And you're just, man, I'm ready. We're we're going, we're taking ground, it's on. So that's where that's where the children of Israel are at. We go into chapter nine. It says, as soon as the kings who were beyond the Jordan in the hill country and in the lowland all along the coast of the great sea toward Lebanon, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Pezites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. It's a lot of ites. So from this point forward, we're just going to call them the ites. All right? <laughs> it says, they, what? Gather together as one to fight against Joshua and Israel. Praise the Lord, right? That's exciting. Like, all the ites are ready to fight, and they're joining together. You know, in the flesh, that's not good. How many at this point, a lot of us are going, "Uh uh-oh, checking in with the Lord. What would I do? They're all joining forces, except for one group of people, these Gibeonites. They do something different. And before we go into what they're doing different, I would just challenge you to believe the Lord. God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. Over and over and over. He tells his people, be strong and courageous. He had already told them, I'm giving you the land. I'm giving it to you. You just got to go get it. Right? So along the way, they, they see these just amazing things. Walls come down. They don't even fight. The Lord's hand. In, 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 but in our flesh, we, we have all seen some pretty amazing things that God has done. Haven't we? But then we see the enemy like start joining forces. And we get nervous and scared and start questioning, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? And might, I might just take a step of faith and say, maybe, just maybe, the Lord is fighting for you. Maybe, just maybe, he knows what he's doing. Maybe, just maybe, all the ites are all joining forces, maybe for his purpose. Maybe he wants to save you some time. Maybe he wants to put all your enemies in one spot so you can knock them all out in one shot. 
We serve a good God. My God's so good that he might just bring them all together in one spot and say, well, while we're here, we might as well just take them all. Why not? Why not have to go, instead of like get all your courage up to go fight one enemy and get all, your, get all the people together and get all the forces and get all the armor and get everything going and get, get fed and do all, and then have a victory and then chance maybe someone messed up again here or there and then, got, and then go do it again. And why not just bring them all to one spot? Let's do this. That sounds like God looking out for us. But we're questioning him going, what are you doing? There's too many of them. Or is that just me? <laughs> what are you doing, Lord? There's a lot of them. It's like, don't worry about it. I'm with you. And like when we have a right perspective of who our God is, we're like, go get some more. That ain't enough. I don't want to get up and stretch for that. Right? When we have a right perspective, because we know it's not us. It's him with us. God is good, church. Period. He's never not good. He can't not be good. God is good. God is faithful. Always. Even when it don't look like it, he's faithful. Especially when it don't look like it. God's up to something. He's always up to something. He has our best at hand. Maybe he's saving you some fuel. Man, if his gas price is today to go take your army and load them all up and then go to this country and then load it all up and go to this country, bring them all together. Thank you, Lord. That's awesome. Right? What would happen if we started thanking the Lord in all those circumstances? Lord, I don't see it, but I know you're good, so thank you. What are you going to do this time? I'll tell you what he does. After chapter 9, we go to chapter 10. The Gibeonite people in Gibeon, they make a covenant with Israel. And the enemies, all those ites, come to fight them. And here comes Joshua. The Lord tells Joshua, go, I'm giving them to you. They go, and guess what God does? He does some God stuff. <laughs> ridiculous, amazing God stuff. And starts dropping huge hailstones out of the sky and knocks most all of them out. Kills almost all of them. Joshua's just got to kind of run around and take care of a few. Thank you. We can't, I can't do God's stuff, but he can. My job's to believe. My job's to believe. Your job's to believe. The title of this message, does your enemy have more faith than you? Or does your enemy believe more than you? Does my enemy believe more than me? When I read chapter 9 of Joshua, it rocked me. Now listen to what happens with the Gideonites, verse 3. But when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and to Ai, they on their part acted with cunning and went and made ready provisions and took worn-out sacks for their donkeys and wineskins, worn-out and torn and mended, with worn-out patched sandals on their feet and worn-out clothes and all their provisions were dry and crumbly. And they went to Joshua in the camp of Gilgal and said to him and to the men of Israel, We have come from a distant country, so now make a covenant with us. But the men of Israel said to the Hivites, Perhaps you live among us. Then how can we make a covenant with you? 
hmm. Do you feel like maybe they're, they're thinking something? Do you think maybe, like, does God sometimes warn us and just give us this little prick in our heart? It's called conviction sometimes. Sometimes it's just the Holy Spirit just going, hmm, that don't sound right. Right? You get a check. But Joshua's eyes are seeing something totally different as we're going to read. How can we make a covenant with you? They said to Joshua, we are your servants. And Joshua said to them, who are you? And where do you come from? And they said to him, from a very distant country, your servants have come because of the name of the Lord your God. For we have heard a report of him and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sion, the king of Heshbon, and to Og, king of Bashan, who lived in Ashtaroth. So our elders and all the inhabitants of our country said to us, Take provisions in your hand for the journey and go meet them and say to them, We are your servants. Come now, make a covenant with us. Here is our bread. It was still warm when we took it from our house as our food for the journey on the day we set out to come to you. But now, behold, it is dry and crumbly. These wineskins were new when we filled them, and behold, they have burst. And these garments and sandals of ours, they were weak. They've been worn out from a very long journey. So the men took some of their provisions, but did not ask counsel from the Lord. Houston, we got a problem. Right? Stevie Wonder could see that. (laughs) I'm sorry, Stevie. And Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live. And the leaders of the congregation swore to them. At the end of the three days after they made a covenant with them, they heard that they were their neighbors and that they lived among them. And the people of Israel set out and reached their cities on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon, Chephirath, Barath, Kerath, Jeram. But the people of Israel did not attack them because the leaders of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord, the God of Israel. Then all the congregation murmured against the leaders. And all the leaders said, Amen. <laughs> That's Sorry, I thought it was funny. (laughs) We have sworn to them by the Lord, the God of Israel. Now we may not touch them. This we will do to them. Let them live, lest wrath be upon us because of the oath that we swore to them. And the leader said to them, let them live. So they became cutters of wood and drawers of water for all the congregation, just as the leaders had said to them. Joshua then summoned them and he said to them, why did you deceive us saying we are very far from you when you dwell among us? Now, therefore, you are cursed, and some of you shall never be anything but servants, cutters of wood, drawers of water for the house of my God. And they answered Joshua, because it was told to to your servant for a certainty that the Lord your God had commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you. So we feared greatly for our lives because of you and did this thing. And now, behold, we are in your hand. Whatever seems good and right in your sight to, to do, do to us. So he did this to them and delivered them out of the hand of the people of Israel. And they did not kill them. But Joshua made them that day cutters of wood and drawers of water for the congregation and for the altar of the Lord. To this day, in that place, he should choose. And I know that was a lot. But we've got to read all that so that you can really get a picture of what this really means. Does your enemy have more faith than you? You getting it? 
First point, the Gibeonites feared God greatly. We get in trouble when we don't fear God greatly. Remember, they had just read. They had just read, redid the covenant, went over all of the things the Lord said. God told Moses, everyone in this territory, completely destroy. Do not make covenant with any of them. Right? We remember that? The Gibeonites feared God enough to go, I'm not joining forces with all these other ites. Ite? <laughs> that ain't going to work. They've already went and defeated Jericho, who wasn't no slouch. They've already defeated I. Uh, no, I'm not joining. And, and this was not easy for them. Imagine like all of the local churches. Say all the local churches in three counties, they're all going to do this one thing. But we go, hmm, I fear God greater. Now, I'm not saying anything about other local churches. Do I need to stop doing something? Okay, praise the Lord. Wire work. It would be a little difficult, wouldn't it? The Gibeonites, it took faith. It took belief in a God they didn't even know to take that stand. What did they do? They took cunning action. They thought it through. They knew that if they, that if they were to show up with fresh clothes, fresh bread, looked like they just came from a few days, they're done. They believe that. Amen? So what did they do next? Point two. The Gibeonites did their homework. They did their homework. How do I know that? Well, for one, they believed the report they heard. They heard a report, and then they went out and did some homework. They looked into this. Who is this God? Who is this Joshua? Who is the guy before him? Moses. What did God tell him? What was the fruit of all of that? They learned that this God made covenant. And covenant was a big thing to this God. The enemy learned that. The enemy believed that. Do you remember, they say in verse, I think it's verse 7 or verse 6, we have come from a distant country, so now make a covenant with us. Just, just a side note, when the enemy is saying now, be very careful. He wants, come on, hurry up, make a decision, let's go. He's bring, Come on, we came from a long, look at all of our stuff. We came from a long distance. Let's make a covenant right now. Hit the brakes, right? Step back. You need to evaluate. <laughs> you know what the word covenant really means? It means bond together, to be bound together. They're saying, we want to be bound together with you. Like wherever you go, I go. We're right. We're, we're bound together. This ain't no light thing they're asking. Covenant. It means for good. We shouldn't go into that lightly. Not in my notes. We shouldn't go into that lightly. 
Know who you're making covenant with. They said they came from a distant country. They did their homework. They knew there was a radius, and they were in it to be destroyed. That was their future. They didn't like that. I don't blame them. But they did their homework. How many of us are doing our homework? How many of us know what God says? How many of us know what he's telling us? How many of us know what his promises are? You know there's promises and blessings? Blessings always follow obedience. Sometimes we're not being obedient because we don't even know. Is that good? I want all the blessings the Lord can have. That, that he has available to me, I want it. But I'm going to have to do something. But I'm going to have to do my homework first. How many of us, if we're, if we're not seeing it, we're, we're wise enough to go, Lord, what's going on? Am I missing something? I've done it. I do it. And you know what? He'll tell you. If you're taking notes, point three. The Gibeonite faith was rewarded. You're going, Steve, they're enemies. Yep. Faith is always rewarded. Faith always produces fruit, and it's always good fruit. You're going, this sounds a little weird now. I'll show you what happens. Verses 15 and 23. Before I go there, hold on a second. The enemy's tricky. He knows what to say. There's a sentence in here. It says, they came from a very distant country. Your servants have come because of the name of the Lord your God. Because of the name of the Lord your God. We should know him. That's the, the enemy's going, this is, this is where your servants. We came because of this, because of your God. We better know him. Because they just had this whole big ceremony of, yep, we're on board. We're not doing that. And here comes the enemy, and they're just looking with the natural eyes, going, yeah, it looks right. That's old. Their sandals are wore out. That bread's crumbled and moldy. They must have come a long way. But they didn't stop and go, Lord. And they knew. When you read this out, they ask a couple times, how do we know? I don't know. Joshua, well, there's something fishy here. But they didn't take the time and say, Lord, what should we do? How many, uh, don't raise your hands, but all of us can relate right there. And it's been, we've been bit. What you do after that's very important. Before we get to that, verse or point three, the giving out faith is, re, is rewarded. In verse 15 and 23, you're going to see, here's some things that are rewarded. First, their lives are spared. Their lives are spared. That's good. If we stop there, that's awesome. But the best is yet to come. Um, you see some people upset because they made this treaty. They made this covenant. There's some people upset about that. I kind of first, at first you think they might be upset because they've made a covenant and God said don't make covenant with them. But really I think the, the people are more upset because they don't get the plunder now. 
Remember Jericho, all the plunder went to God. I is the first place they got plunder. This would have been the next. And they're going, we kind of like that plunder. Whoa, now they're mad at the leadership. <laughs> Let's, I mean, they're upset. This ain't, this ain't cool. So the Gibeonites' faith, they get their lives spared, and they're not plundered. Score. Here's the best thing that happens to them. Joshua says, all right, I'm going to spare your lives, but I'm going to make you water carriers and wood carriers to what? To the house of God. Wow. Where's the presence of the Lord rest? There. Man. Their belief is rewarded so much that, yeah, are they, is Joshua cursed them to be servants? That wasn't like a, as a low position, water carrier, wood carrier. But from there forward, these people are in the presence of the Lord. Tell me that when you believe and have faith, it's not rewarded. When even the enemy is rewarded. Oh, it gets better. This covenant that they make is powerful. Now, the next chapter, you're going to see something with the first part of covenant. All those ites start attacking Gibeon. What do they do? Joshua, don't forget us. Don't forget that covenant. What happened? Here comes Joshua. Here comes the army of the Lord. Hailstones. It's epic. Gibeon's still standing? Yep. Gibeon's in good shape. Now let's jump 400 years forward. I like history. We're going to jump 400 years forward. Saul, he gets real zealous, and he's going to wipe out all these enemies. Saul starts knocking off who? Gibeonites. Well, you don't see any results from that right away. Not until David's kingship. David's kingship in 2 Samuel 21, we don't have time, but I challenge I, you guys go and look at this stuff. It's amazing. There's a famine for three years. Three-year famine. David finally gets to places going, God, what is going on? What's up with this? Famine three years? I've never seen this before. This is what God tells him. Saul killed a bunch of Gibeonites that we have covenant with. Oops. Oops. So what do they do? David goes to the Gibeonites and says, we broke covenant. I am sorry. What, should, how, what do you want us to do? And they said, well, we don't want all of Saul's relatives. Just give us seven of his sons. Seven of his sons. Now, David goes get seven of his sons, but he doesn't take Jonathan's son. Seven of the sons are hung before the Lord, before everyone. Guess what happens? Famine's over. God honored that covenant. That covenant wouldn't have happened if there wouldn't have been belief and faith. Now, also, they would have never had that had Joshua and the children of Israel had faith and belief in God. Now, fast forward thousands of years later. Where, my mind just, so where are these people at now? Ethiopia. They're, they're called the Falasha people. They're a whole tribe of Jewish people in Ethiopia. 
They're Ethiopians. They fully follow, follow Jewish law and custom. So much so that there's tribes in Ethiopia, they think the, the uh, Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant, is, is in Ethiopia. Now, I don't personally believe it's there. I got my own thing on that. However, this is so darn cool that how else would Ethiopian people have ever seen and know all the customs, all the rituals, all seen it all and be able to do all this still? Because Joshua cursed them, put them in the presence of the Lord to work with the Levites. Now, in, in Africa, and, and where all these tribes are, and all these churches in Ethiopia, they each believe they have the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant. Now, if you were, this is so smart, if you want to hide a tree, where do you hide it? In a forest. Right? So if you're going to find the Ark, and there's hundreds of these churches, and they all got the ark, and they're, ra- they're raising up kids, they raise up people from, bir- your whole, just protect the ark. God is honoring belief and faith. This is some powerful stuff. Now, don't get crowded. I don't know if the ark's there or not. I personally don't, I think it's still in Israel. However, we'll know someday. The coolest thing is these people, oh, the covenant. Covenant. In the early 70s, after Israel's back to complete, 25,000 of these Ethiopian Jews are called back to Israel. Somebody remembered that covenant. There is a huge, huge uh, uh, famine going on in Ethiopia at the time. And they said, those are our brothers. And we made covenant. Come home. This is history, folks. Is Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever? Does God honor covenant? Should we believe God? Brother Steve, that's awesome. That's Old Testament. I am so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. Um, There's a little verse in the book of James 2.19. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation says this, you say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. Woo. Shout now. Glory. <laughs> Should we fear the Lord? I don't need, we don't need to be in terror. But dang, we better believe a little more. I mean, if the enemy believes God enough that He fears God in terror. Maybe we should have a little faith. Since he gives each one of us a measure of it. And we can operate it and we can build it up. Amen? And we can walk in power. Like we could start being more than a conqueror. We can actually realize that we're at war. And he didn't create us to lose. You know how I know this? When you look at all the armor that God has created for us, there is none on your backside. You are never designed or intended to ever turn and run. Ever. Conquerors don't turn. Conquerors don't run. Conquerors conquer. They keep going forward. Keep going forward. Strong and courageous. Amen? Why? Because we know who our God is. I know who my God is. 
Bring all the enemies up. My God's greater. My, the, I can go through the valley of the shadow of death. If he's with me, he's going to lead me through it. And if I get hungry along the way, he'll stop, prepare a nice table right in the presence of my enemies. Are you hungry? Oh, okay, here. Oh, you want something to drink? Not a problem. All my enemies. He just, have a seat. My boy's hungry here. We need to understand who our God is. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe it's on our wall. Do we believe it? See, that's the thing. We can say it. Do you believe it? The devil ain't scared of the word if we don't believe it. He knows the word, and he believes it. He knows his fate sealed. Do we believe it? Do we know he's defeated? Or do we believe it? See, I, I, I know Luke 4.34. This, this was a devil. He says, this is what he said to Jesus. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Do we know that? Acts 19.15. Remember this? It says, Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? Pastor Jay's been talking about, going to be talking about authority. There's some authority there. Jesus I know. Paul I know. You ain't got none of that authority stuff because you don't believe. When your enemy has more faith, a centurion, Roman, not Jew, Jesus said, I've not seen any faith like this in all of Israel. That's sad. I believed, I remember telling my mom this when I was, the last time I was in court, well, not the, the last time I was in court for me. <laughs> it was not good. There was a lot, like it was all those enemies, all the ites were against me. My mom had faith. I said, I literally said this, mom, I believe God created the heavens and the earth. I believe that, but there ain't squat he can do about this. And I believed that. Did it, have, did it have any faith for me to know God created the heavens and the earth? No. Because I didn't believe he could do squat about that, which meant that was bigger than my God. That's not good. Is there anything in your life bigger than your God? If it is, it needs to be taken out. What's bigger than your God? What is stealing and robbing from you? It needs to be destroyed. What would cause you to not believe in God? What would cause us to not have faith in the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of the heavens and the earth? I'm speaking to me. You think I just wake up every morning? Where's my sword? Who must I conquer today? Every morning, right, Becca? <laughs> uh, I mean, we're not always out to conquer some, but, but truly, Jesus came to what? Conquer darkness. That's what we should be doing. Every, shining light into darkness, exposing it, destroying the kingdom of darkness. That's why we're still here. You know we're in a war. Are we fighting? 
Because if you're not, you're getting your tail kicked. That's, that's ugly truth. When I'm just sitting there, well, if I don't get engaged in the fight, then I won't, they won't, <laughs> yeah, right. He's going to kick the snot out of you. Well, I don't want to stir him. We're like, we have more faith in the enemy sometimes than we do of God. Well, I don't want, well, you better be careful, brother, because don't want to go into witchcraft or, because they're, what? My God? I'm not saying don't be unwise, but dang, I'm not, we don't fear the enemy. Fear, God has not given us what? A spirit of fear, but of what? Power. Love and a sound mind. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. That means there's weaponry against you. That's why you have armor. You have a sword. Get to know that thing. It's an offensive weapon, and I like it. Shields are good. Shields are great. But I want to do some sticking, too. Right? I mean, if this is cool. Oh, I'm covered up. This is better. Right? My turn. Who wants to fight and just cover up? Not me. I'm not exhausted. I'm obsessed. We were talking about old fighters like Tank Abbott. That's me. I don't got a lot of stamina. I don't want to fight you for 15 rounds. I don't even want to fight you, but if I got to fight you, I'm going to throw everything I got for about maybe a minute. And if you're still standing, you'll probably win. Just saying. Here's some quick lessons, and we're going to close up. We did make it through. First service people that didn't get through the whole message get to listen to it. I don't know what we're going to do next week. Praise the Lord. Lessons from Joshua 9. Be on guard after a spiritual high. These are things I'm learning in my life. And I've, I've seen some knucklehead things done in my life after some ridiculously amazing spiritual highs. Why? I was not armed. I relaxed. There ain't no relaxing against the devil. You're at war, people. We got to wake up. He don't, he's not taking the 4th of July off. He hates you. He hates you. He's not just like, I don't like him. He hates you, loathes you, wants to kill you, your family, everything that's precious to you. I don't like that. Yeah, we don't like each other. I want to wreck his kingdom. He wrecked mine for a long time. And I just, you know, thought I was all tough and I'm going to do, you're curled up in a ball, letting him kick the crap out of all, everybody and everyone you love. Oh, but you're bad as he's raping and pillaging. It takes a man or a woman of God to stand up and put your armor on and take a sword and go to war. It takes a man or woman of God to intercede. You know how many lives have been spared through intercession? Speaking things that aren't as if they are. Proclaiming the word of God in situations where that are dark. Speaking life into situations where there's death. 
That's the kind of God we serve. He's given us that ministry. We're only going to do it if we believe. And guess what's really cool about when you believe? Action follows. Works start happening. Things start happening. Your belief starts rising. And then you're like, ooh, where's the next one? Oh, my God can take care of that too. Let's pray. Right? If we believed, we'd pray. Amen? Next lesson. Don't believe what you see or hear from the enemy. Don't believe it. I think uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says to walk by faith, not by sight. I think God knows what he's doing. He's trying to prepare his people. Don't believe what you see. Believe me. That's the old joke. Sometimes I really feel like God's saying, are you going to believe what you see or are you going to believe what I told you? And I go, it's kind of hard. I'm seeing, are you going to believe what I tell you or what you see? And until we pass that test, we're going to keep having those things come before us. Until we make our mind up, I don't even care anymore, Lord. I'm in. I'm in. It looks insurmountable. It's going to be, have to be something supernatural. I'm in. That means you're going to have to do it. Right? When you jump into the supernatural stuff, that's the best place to be. Because you can't do it. He's got to show up. I get out of the natural stuff. I know I can mess that up. I want to jump over there. I can't even touch that. How you make hailstones come out of the grit and just... Faith? Third thing. Watch the nows. Be on guard for now. The devil comes now. Everything he wants is, come on, hurry up. Watch the nows. We got to wait on the Lord. We got we to honor him enough to go, Lord, what do you think about this? Lord, I, I know what I'm seeing. What are you saying? Amen? Watch the nows. That should be an alarm, church. When you're getting, now, you got to hurry up, make it. No, you don't. No, you don't. Not saying there's not times that wisdom, there is opportunities in our life that come, but you need to before you, Lord, I don't know. I need to give me an answer quick then, Lord. And then you let the peace of God, if the peace is on you, you go forward. If the peace of God lifts off of you, do not go forward. Right? Do we know what the peace of God is? That's not a bad thing if you don't. Get in his word. Start talking to him about it. He'll show you. He wants you to have it. God's not trying to, he's not dangling stuff going, you can't have it. He's a good father, church. He wants to raise up some men, some men and women of God to take some ground. But we're only going to do it if we are honoring him and believe that he is who he says he is. And that we are who he says we are. Sons and daughters of the living God. The fourth thing, and then we're going to close. Everyone said amen. <laughs> fourth thing, verse 19, something epic happens here. But all the leaders said to all the congregation, we have sworn to them by the Lord, the God of Israel, and now we may not touch them. They missed it once. 
They said, we are not breaking covenant. Point four, don't continue making bad choices. Stand up against the pressure and course correct, and the Lord your God will honor you. Say that again. Don't continue making bad choices. Stand up against the pressure and course correct. There was a whole lot of pressure on them to wipe them out. They're, they lied to us. Can you imagine all the things? They lied. We don't have to honor that. We... Nope. I'm going to do what's right, even when it hurts. I'm going to own it. Yeah, I messed up, but I'm not going to make two big mistakes. Or four, you know, I made four, I'm not making five, whatever it is. Stop. Believe in the Lord your God. You think, you think your father's happy? You think he cares if it was one or ten screw-ups? What he's caring about is you go, I screwed up. Here I come, Lord. And then it's, what sin? What sin are you talking about? 2 Corinthians 5 tells us this great exchange was ridiculously amazing. We made an exchange with Christ. I brought all my sin, all my stupidity, all my sin, all my just the vilest stuff I'd ever done in my whole life, and I brought that to him, and he goes, here's my righteousness. Here's my righteousness, Steve. Are you kidding me? That communion? That's what that means. The new covenant means this. I'm not working for it no more, church. I got to do 50,000 really good things because I did 49,999 really bad things. (laughs) Ten more years, I'm going to be at 40,000. No, I literally take all my stuff. Well, truckloads. And Jesus goes, all right, I'll trade you. Here's my righteousness. From him walking it out perfectly. Here you go, son. That's how I'm able to go, devil? No. I got his righteousness. I'm a joint heir of Christ, of the living God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. What are you going to do to me? Nothing. As long as I walk in that. Now, when I walk in my works and I walk in my good deeds and I walk in, I'm just going to earn it up and I'm going to build up enough and then you're done. You can't walk in both. If you're going to walk in the works and you got to fulfill all of them. That's what my Bible says. You want to use the law? Use all of it then. No, thank you. I'm going to go back to this exchange. Righteous, thank you, Jesus. And then walk in it. How do you walk when you've been made clean? Clean. Right? Are you careful? You better believe it. When you understand, when you understand that you were so filthy and wretched and just to high heaven and he washed you and cleansed you with his blood and made you shine like white before the whole world you're a little careful how you walk I want to get my white shoes messed up I'm going to eat like this 
get nothing on me. Is that legalistic? That's appreciating the blood of Christ in your life. Looks totally different. Looks totally different. I'm not serving God because I'm scared. I'm not not sinning because I'm scared. I'm not sinning because he washed me and cleansed me. And I want to be free from it. Because I want the power of God in my life. And I want to help other people get set free. Because he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. And we're supposed to share what he did. Amen? How are we going to do it if we don't believe? We won't. What's the key? Believe. Jesus said it over and over. Do you believe? Do you believe? Joshua 9, the enemy believed. This just wrecked me. Joshua 9, the enemy believes in forever. There's covenant. Boom. Make a covenant with the Lord today. Lord, I'm going to believe you no matter what. Stand to your feet. I just want to pray. There's some people in the house. I just know that the Lord is one to to free you from some things. Um, Church, hear me. If if you need to leave, I'm going to start praying. If you guys need to be dismissed, you can be dismissed. But uh, there's some people here that when we were praying earlier at the beginning of the service, the Lord wants to set some people free. All right? And I'm not saying it because I, I, I really, I'm not trying to get accolades or, oh, Steve prayed and someone got, God's going to set some people free, okay, if you believe. You're going to take a step of faith and he's going to meet you there and he's going to set you free. There's been some people fighting with some things for a long, long time. It's time to get rid of it. It's time to let him destroy it. It's time for you to be free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. So let him set you free. You lay, it, you lay it down to him, and he will destroy and take, give you freedom. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, freedom is a beautiful thing. I like being free. I don't like bondage. Been there. Freedom is a beautiful thing. So who, whoever's been dealing with it, it, it could be, uh, it doesn't even matter what it is. God's bigger. I'm not even going to list it. I could. God's bigger. Father, we thank you. Spirit of the living God, we thank you. Holy Spirit, those under the sound of my voice, that you are knocking on the doors of their heart, I ask that you give them boldness and just have them come out from where they're sitting or standing and come down to this altar, and we're going to pray with them. I'm going to ask, some, when, after whoever comes forward, I'm going to ask that, that the elders come up, whoever pastors, we're going to pray. I'm going to be, we're going to be praying for deliverance, and we're going to be praying for healing. We're going to be praying. If there's people with uh, John, I want you to come up. We're going to pray for your cancer. You're going to, God's going to destroy that. If there's anyone else, Sandy, why don't you come? We'll pray with you too. If there's anyone else that has something you, you, want, you want God to just, it's like the supernatural stuff, hailstones from heaven. That's what we want. That's what we need. We serve that same God. If there's addictions, come forward. Let him, let him break the chains. He does a great job of it. He's really good at it. I'm just going to take a minute. Holy Spirit, we love you. We thank you. Jesus, you are king. <laughs> Jesus, you are king. We glorify you.
We worship you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. This is a holy moment. We thank you, Lord. Faith is always honored and rewarded. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We believe. We believe. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Just a couple more moments. David, can you, can you put some music on or something quietly, please, sir? I'm going to dismiss here in a minute. Those of you who you're saying, Brother Steve, I, I do. I'm going to grow in my faith, and I'm going to take this to heart. That's awesome. I encourage you. I challenge you to, to, to look at this scripture some more and meditate on it and let your faith rise. And the rest of you who you're saying, yeah, I, I, want, I want the power of God in my life. I want my faith to grow, or I need the Lord to deliver me. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. What are you afraid of? That's a lie from the enemy. He don't want you free. I know that. He wants to shine the light on your life and set you free. God's bigger than all of it. God's bigger than depression. Depression's got to bow. Cancer has to bow. My Bible says all things of heaven, of the earth, and below must bow at the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is king. Thank you. Thank you. Church, just pray. Those who want to intercede, you just stay and pray. If you can, if, if you need to be dismissed, you can be dismissed. Um, I just want to just bless you guys and thank you for uh, just being the church. Amen. For coming together and worshiping the Lord together. What a beautiful day.